Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back, choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! Episode number 86, part two. The last three weeks, we've gotten the episode number messed up. We got ahead of ourselves. This one is 86. I'm saying it right on the record. Seven, how are you, my friend? I'm good. You know what? We we fucking Bucknered it. (laughs) Also an 86 met. (laughs) <laughs> we you know what in honor of the 86 mets we decided that we were going to honor them in the most mets way possible and fumble the bag yeah uh we completely bucknered that for the episode count so sorry about all that uh so we have our three behind so we can write the ship though we have enough time we have the century mark coming up in 14 episodes from now so we have to bookmark that or earmark it however you want to call it. We know 86 is what we're at right now. So we will keep this moving forward. Steady ship, smooth sailing. Oh, yeah. Smooth sailing through rough seas and all that jazz. All right. Uh, Opening week, I mean, we've had just shy of a week of baseball. Number one, how good does it feel to have baseball back? I love it. I mean, unless you're like a Nationals fan, this is is an awesome, awesome time. Um, and again, that's why we had to close the episode the way we did last week before the games officially started, because COVID is still happening and you saw what happened to the nationals. They missed the first, what was it? Four or three games? Uh, I know three for certain. I don't know if they missed a fourth or not. Oh, you know, no, they had an off no, it day. Was, had it was header. four. It was four because they missed that Monday against the Braves. You're right. Okay. So yeah, they made it up with a double header, but still four games to start the season. Not ideal. So T's and P's and for the nationals. About- how about the poor Phillies that instead of getting the four and five from the Mets, they get DeGrom. <laughs> but it doesn't really matter because the Phillies actually showed up. I mean, yes, but like, man, it would that would, that would be tough. You go from expecting to see the four and nope, it's actually the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, so sorry about you, Philly. You're going to have to see Jake DeGrom, probably going to get another Cy Young. Also, that loss on the Mets is not on Jacob DeGrom at all. And I'm sick of seeing these stats on Twitter. It's like Jacob DeGrom, and I see all these numbers, and then the win-loss record. New York, can you get some fucking runs for this guy? Like, this is a once-in-a-generation talent, and you are wasting him. See, yeah, absolutely. I don't like the fact that they're wasting him, but the fact that those numbers exist is so funny to me that he's gotten, like, more than four runs of run support twice in his last 75 starts or some noise some noise like that yeah um like that is just absolutely insane to think about like can you imagine if this shit happened to pedro martinez during this time 
and like th- with the social media and everything going on. Like, can you imagine if this happened to a guy like that? Like, and we're seeing it happen to Degrom, so the comparison is essentially apples to apples. But holy shit, like Jacob Degrom deserves so much better than the fucking Mets. He really does, and it's to the point where like somebody says, "Who's the?" Told asked me the other day, "Who's the best pitcher in baseball?" And it took me a few seconds to think of Degrom because he just is irrelevant up there in New York. It's weird too, though. Like he's irrelevant in the biggest media market, and when you say irrelevant, I know what you mean because it's the wins losses. That is the sexy set that everyone wants to talk about. We know that's how they picked the Cy Young for all intents and purposes. Um, but it is—it's amazing. Like you have this—you literally have one of the best players in the whole league, and you forget about him. Like you'd rather talk about Garrett Cole. You'd rather talk about fucking Zach Greinke for Christ's sake. Like. There's so many better pitchers than those two, and the marquee being Jacob DeGrom, and we don't hear enough about him. We hear a lot from guys like Rob Friedman and New York Mets fans and and people on Twitter that are like baseball nerds, but if you ask the casual fan who the best pitcher in the MLB is, I don't know how many times you're going to hear Jacob DeGrom if you ask 20 times. And the thing is, real baseball fans will give you Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. Real baseball fans will understand that he is far and away the best best pitcher out there right now. But for the casual fan that baseball is struggling to get right now, they, Jacob DeGrom just falls on deaf ears, essentially. I wonder, like, and the other thing, too, is, like, the casual fan, and this is what I'm trying to grapple with, it's, like, those old ads from the 2000s, like, Chicks Dig the Long Ball, like, it was a joke at the time. It's starting to become more of a reality. Like, mm-hmm. is there that much of an emphasis? Like, do we actually value pitching and defense as much as we should as, as baseball fans? Because I feel like we've gotten away from it in the last few years. And that really makes me, you know, take a closer look. Because, like, you can name, if you ask for the 10 top or top 10 baseball players in the league today, I guarantee at least eight of them will be hitters. Oh, yeah. I, I I think I, I think at any time you could you could get that and eight out of ten would be hitters no matter what era it's in. I don't know though because like when you think about it like back in the like as true baseball fans and the way they were marketed well, they've never really been marketed but the way that they were presented like I'd ask my dad and he would tell me you know Whitey Ford Ron Guidry and all these pitchers and. Yeah, I'd hear, like, Mickey Mandels and, you know, Willie Mays thrown into the mix. But I feel like it was more of an even split when I talked to, like, my family members, my dad, my uncle, people that have been around the game longer. Mm -hmm. And and it's just unfortunate to me that we – it's almost like with the NFL with quarterbacks. Like, just quarterbacks rule the fucking league now. It's the same thing with offense in the MLB. Like, yes, you and I understand that – Pitching is still king, and defense is still king. Preventing runs means a hell of a lot more than scoring them in most cases. It's just it's too bad that we've gotten to a point, or we're going to a point, where you'd rather just see Aaron Judge hit a fucking 450-foot home run that doesn't mean anything in a 10-1 game, rather than seeing a guy like Jacob DeGrom give you seven innings, no walks, 10 Ks. I'm not giving his stat line. That's just like an example of what would happen. I would argue that 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 in any sport, any era, the, um, 
play. Like, if you're saying the face of the sport in anything, it's going to be an offensive guy. Or faces of the sport, it's going to be offensive guys. Football, I don't think there's an era, an era where you would pick a mean Joe Green over a Dan Marino or a Ed Reed over a Tom Brady. No, that's fair. I would say, though, like, there's equal shine given to guys like Aaron Donald, right? Like, they're always You're, also, you're not going to take a uh, – I can't, I can't even think of – you're not going to take – I. Uh, what what the hell is the guy he played from Memphis? A Tony Allen over a LeBron. That's a stretch, though, because Tony Allen was never, like, a top 10 player in his respective league, like, ever. Exactly. I'm, say, I'm saying – but he was a top-tier defender. He was a great defender, but I wouldn't say, That's like, what I'm saying. The defense – is always great defense is always going to be shadowed by good offense. Good offense is going to overshadow great defense in any game, any time, just because it's what people enjoy watching. Nobody wants to watch a a short hop or a shortstop that hits two twenty, but can pick it with. It's why Omar Vizquel is not going to make the Hall of Fame. I think he'll make the Hall of Fame personally. I mean, he's on year seven. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's just like I keep forgetting how fucking long ago he retired. Um, no, you're you're not wrong. I, I get I get the argument. I just think it's too bad. Like, because I think pitching is a different aspect from defense. If that makes sense, like, mm, absolutely, absolutely. But, but it's I think in the same I think way. I think to, to to good baseball fans, you're 100 percent right. But to casuals, I don't think it's going to have that same effect. No, you, and and I would agree with that sentiment too. I just, it's unfortunate because I think this game, if you take the time to understand it and actually put the work in, it is actually really interesting. It's it's a chess game. I mean, you I was it thinking about it today, actually. This exact thought came into my head because I, I forget where I heard it, but in the last day, day or two, I heard somebody say, Oh, baseball's it is what it is. It's slow. It's not fun. It's fun to sit at the game and watch it and 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 you know be out in the sun with your buddies at the ballpark. But is baseball actually fun? And my answer is yes. It is convincingly a fun sport. And I had this thought while I was coaching today. It was there was a runner on second, and I'm watching my second baseman move in and out to keep this kid close and make sure he doesn't get too big of a lead. And I'm like, man. This is the beautiful, beautiful intricacies of baseball that the common person at this game or at any game, it's probably just lost on them. Yeah, it's it's a game of inches, truly. It, there's there's literally nothing that you could argue either. I mean, you, the play like you're describing a situational play that you have like you have to be on your toes. Like that's what every coach fucking says. Yeah. But it truly is like, and then take that out, and then add in even more of an intimate like intricacy to that. With I have a man on first and second, or a man on first and third with one out, two outs, and I have to make well now because baseball's getting away from it. But you used to have like specialists come in from the bullpen, or you used to mm-hmm. bring a pinch hitter. Like there's things that happen within the game that is a game within the game. It's like inception for sports, and I think it's just too much of a mental gymnastic flip for these people to grasp because everyone you know everyone's glued to their fucking phones they just you know they're looking up casually they just want to see the big plays it's not interesting to them and i understand the argument for people that have never seen a game to say like i don't like this like but if you take the time to really just delve into it and understand 
what this game actually fucking does, then yeah, it's 100% entertaining and it is a super fun sport to follow. Absolutely. All right, so let's 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 you know back off of, of baseball's dick for a second, and <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk about your new shortstop, buddy. Yeah. Well, no, second baseman, right? Is, is he gonna play? Is he gonna slide over for you guys? I would think. I don't think he's ever played a major league, a qualified major league game at anything other than second. I know the Rangers. In spring training, we're moving him around. Why, why do I? Th- why do I? Why am I thinking he was? A, he was a shortstop. You're thinking oh of Elvis God. Andrews. Yep. Yes, I am. Holy shit! I'm stupid. No, you're just your recency bias. You haven't seen him in a while. I haven't. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched the Rangers play. If we're being honest about it. I mean, I watched them play against the Blue Jays for their home opener, and I mean, we can talk about that after, but. Holy shit! Max capacity and fucking low blind. I I did not expect it to actually be a full house, but here How we are. How weird did that look? Because I saw pictures and I'm like, ugh, that's what that's supposed to look like. But yeah, but ugh, right? It was it was strange. It was it, like I, I put it on because I forgot for a second that they are allowing 100 percent capacity. And I was just like, because I have the MLB TV thing, so I just flip through the games and I'm just like, whatever, like, let me let me see what's going on. And I get to the Rangers-Blue Jays game, and I'm like, oh, fuck, they're playing a replay. And then I go, wait a second, no. This is <laughs> this is happening right now. This is now. not a replay. Yeah, but... Oh, my goodness. I got to say, like, bottom of my heart, and it was nice because for a second I got to forget about COVID and a pandemic. And restrictions, yeah. and and that you know, because I watched the whole game. I I don't give a fuck about the Rangers or the Blue Jays, but in that moment, I was like, I'm not a fan of either team, but I'm a fan of what I'm seeing right now. Like this is what we're striving. We're we are literally striving to get back to this, and it was yeah. just re- refreshing to see. Absolutely, absolutely, and that is. And here's the thing. Again, no matter where you come down on it, that is what that that's our end goal of it. Is to be back to here. Yeah, I mean, the finish line got moved up a little bit in Texas, but I think from just a, a general perspective, it's like, okay, seeing a loaded ballpark for a sports game, regardless of the sport and regardless of the ballpark, that makes you excited again. Be like, wow, like this is what we're fighting to get back to. And it was just nice to see it in real time. And, and yeah. I, that's just my, my personal feelings about it. Again, the game sucked, but it was nice to watch it. Yeah, so I mean, if you do live in Texas and you are, you can be one of those hundred percenters that can uh, make your way out to that brand new, gorgeous golf ballpark that was finally able to host some fans. You can find it at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the secondary market ticking, ticketing spot that you need to be checking out. They rate all seats on a uh, one to ten scale, and ones are bad, tens are maybe maybe the best value that you can find might not be the best seat but it is the best value and they also for people like me that are stupid they put them also on a green and red scale green dots good red dots bad you want to be on a one-way train to green dot city and uh yeah so you can put in promo code breakdown get 20 bucks off your first seat geek purchase seat geek life's an event the Rangers probably are gonna, you know, have the best home field advantage this year. I think <laughs> new marketing slogan over there at SeatGeek, but um <laughs> at least through like what June or July, like I think for the first half of the season, 
The Rangers losing at home will be a travesty for them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's stay on big storylines from the week that was. Uh, Nick Castellanos and Yadier Molina getting into a and, – and, and uh, what's his name? And Wainwright. In a bit of a, a bit of a tussle, bit of a skirmish, bit of a kerfuffle, and Castellanos gets the sussy for two games. I mean, what do we think about this? Well, first off, let me just preface this. I feel like the NL Central is involved in the most fucking fights in the Reds are, have the pro- might have the most brawls per capita that I've ever seen. Well, no, the Pirates too. It, well, it, the Pirates and the Reds, both of them. Um. And, the, and then add in, I think it was a few, I'm, I might be dating myself, but I feel like it was maybe five to ten years ago now. I know that's kind of a, a broad range here, but the Cubs and Cardinals would get into it every now and then, too. They used to have their fair, fair, fair share of skirmishes. I feel like the Brewers are like the fucking pacifists of the NL Central. Like They just go to play baseball. The other four teams, are they're in it to win it, and they don't give a fuck what they take down with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't like the suspension like i'll just put it bluntly i don't like this at all i don't think cassianos needed to get two games for what he did yeah agreed agreed 100 percent. and and if you didn't see it ball of the backstop cassianos comes sliding into the plate makes contact with the pitcher and then stands up and just gives a little flex and a let's go right on the pitcher which granted right on top of the pitcher isn't ideal but is it that bad? Well, no, because like the argument then can be made for guys like Tim Anderson that pimp a home run and flex nuts in front of the pitcher as you watch a ball travel 400 plus feet. You know, it's the same thing. It's, it's, yeah, at what point do we draw the line of what, what emotion is good and what emotion is bad? I think that's one of the problems with baseball. It's like you, you put a, a limit or a threshold on you know, how much these players can actually express themselves. And whether that be the cleats they wear, like Clevenger a couple of years ago, or if they can, you know, do a bat flip, just a bat flip, um, or if what they can do is like what Castellanos did, I think you need to let it roll. It's like, listen, everyone is asking for the game to evolve. It's been America's, it's been America's pastime. It still is America's pastime in my mind, but make that true to everyone. Because if mm-hmm. I'm watching a game and I'm, you know, because the first thing people care about is their teams. The second thing is the players on those teams. The last thing they give a fuck about is the rules and limits on what the players can do. Yep. So let's not bring that to the forefront because I feel like that's what the talking point is always going to be whenever something like this happens. Just let it roll. If it's egregious and Castellanos pulled his fucking dick out and was stroking it, then yeah, there's an issue. But he didn't do anything wrong in my eyes. I mean, that would be an issue for a plethora of reasons. Well, yeah, any league would shut that one down like John Taffer with raw chicken. <laughs> but the fact that he literally just gave a quick little flex, like, this just happened, deal with it. I think that's fine. I don't see the issue with it. I think that Manfred was supposed to come in and, and essentially evolve the game, right? Like, that was his big calling card. He was Yeah, and now he's devolved it. Yeah, he, he devolved it, and he... A, like, the pace of play, sorry, but you're never going to be able to fix that part. So you might as well just give credence to the players and let them do what they have to do. But he's holding them back even more, I feel like, 
than we've seen in the past. And it's something that's very easily fixed. So just fucking fix it. Just fucking don't suspend people. Yeah, like, the suspension's coming down. Like, if you want to fine him, fine him. Like, the NBA, like, Kevin Durant just went on an absolute tear on Michael Rappaport. And he got fined. Like, just, if Castellanos, if it's that bad, just fine him. You don't have to suspend him. Exactly. Exactly. And, on top of that, let's not, let's not forget the fact. Let's not forget the fact that Nick Castellanos will now have served two more games than anyone on the Houston Astros has. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm very happy you brought that up. Yeah, we have legitimate cheaters running amok in this league still. Not only, them... running, not only running amok, but these cheaters have the audacity to say, we've served our time. I don't know why fans are throwing trash cans onto the field. <coughs> Carlos uh, Carrasco, <coughs> well, Alex Bregman. Well, Dusty. Um, Both of them too, though. Yeah, both of them. But Dustin, D- Dusty, Dusty Baker was the one that made the comments. Well, Dusty, no, like you never served your time. You weren't even part of the team when this happened. Yeah, but but he says the team has served its punishment. No, it didn't. The punishment was served by everyone, not just the Astros, because we had to deal with no baseball for fucking three three and a half months. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, but the timing could not have been worse for Corona to happen. If you are a fan of hating the Astros, which I think both of you and I are, so. I'm still upset about that one. And yeah, that's a great point. Castellanos served more games for his little flex over everyone in the Astros that was caught cheating red-handed. So yeah, I'm, I'm still butthurt about that one. Also, I'm really upset that A.J. Hinch is still back managing games, for the record. I said, And I, managing well at that. I know. Fucking they, Akil Badu. Akil Badu. You want to talk? You want to go to the, into the Akil Badu portion of the program? Yeah, we should because we don't hate Akil Badu. We just hate we the man. We love Akil Badu. This is this is an Akil Badu stan account. Because yeah, it might be actually. Akil Badu, Rule Five pick, correct? Yes. Rule Five pick, an absolute grinder. Takes the first pitch that he sees in a major league uniform. Off some team who I can't remember. They might be north of Lake Erie. Or south of Lake Erie. But he puts it in his seats. Then he goes out and hits a triple the next day. And I, I mean, he, the, the, the guy's just having himself a start to his major league career. Yeah, I love stories like this. I, I really do. And I'm one of those guys that, again, because if you can watch the games, you're going to watch the games. I flipped through the Tigers games. I saw a walk-off hit by him yesterday. Um, I was like, yeah, walk-off yesterday. Uh, he had a triple. He had a homer. I mean, the kids What can't he do? Uh, win baseball games for the Indians. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> for you, but... Yeah, for the, for the Tigris. What a good pickup. Like, I think What a also... good pickup. What a good story. What just fun, man. This is also kind of nice, too, because like I feel, and maybe I'm wrong, but I can't remember the last time a Rule 5 draft pick. Again, this could be an overreaction because we're less than a week into the season. But what he's done with the theatrics in just a week gives me hope that he can sustain this. But I feel you like know a, what he, you the know Rule what 5 draft me a pick lot is of... weird, though. Wait, say that again? The Rule 5 draft pick what? It's just weird to me. Like We never see success stories like this. No, you don't. 
and, and so you know what this kind of has a feel for me of, and I hope it. I hope it, th- that Badoo continues to have this success. I hope it's not just a flash in the pan here. But you know what I'm getting a, a, a vibes of. What is that? Jeremy Lin. Oh, actually, yeah, that, that's. Um... I'm getting big Lin sanity vibes from Akil Badu. That's. I can see it. I think it's weird too, though, because the rule five, like Detroit, stuck with him, and for better or for worse, and right now it's for the better. But like they can't do anything with him. Like they can't option him. They can't DFA. Yeah, you him. have to stay on the uh, on the twenty or twenty six, twenty eight man, whatever it is, on their active yeah. roster for yeah. the time and for the duration of the year. I know, which is even more of like. Yeah, if you're Detroit right now, because you know like your team is not supposed to compete, but let's say hypothetically, again, this is early April, so take this with a grain of salt. But let's say by like you know end of May, early June, Detroit's you, they're in it. Let you know for whatever reason they're still there. They're hanging around. They they won't go away. But do is you know tailing off a little bit. But he's not terrible. Like if you're Detroit, though, like you have some value on your hands. But he's still young. Like Badu is not by any means like an old dude. Like do you do you say let's keep him because we want to develop him, or do we flip him and then? No, I think you develop him. I think that he's gonna. Uh, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the fans are gonna become ingrained to him. He's gonna become a fan favorite. Um, I think you hold on to him. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more that they have to root for in Detroit. I know they have, like, Casey Mize and Scoogle and a couple others coming up, but, I mean, he's here now. It, the the only issue, I guess the only the caveat to Badu being here now is that he has to stay, regardless yeah. of what happens. And I think that's, that's part of the reason we don't see that many success stories come from the Rule 5 draft, because there's been often times where... You know, after spring training, they just you know they'll they'll cut them and they go back to their original team and they yep. go back to the minors and we don't hear about them again until they actually need them. But Dew is one of those situations where it's like he made the team out of spring training, he hit in spring, he's continued to hit, he's clearly been their MVP through the first week. So you know where do we go from here? I mean, logically speaking, the only place to go is back down to earth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, eventually you're gonna have to go back down to earth, like. Akil Badu is by no means an MVP candidate. Like no. we got to make that clear right now. Um, I think we appreciate what he's done in the first week, but by no means are we saying he is Mike Trout. Yeah, exactly. So where do you go? You go. You go back down to earth, and and you hope. I think. I think the ceiling for Akil Badu is a solid everyday player in, in the in a MLB lineup. Might maybe not the Tigers, but a MLB lineup. I think the Tigers, to be honest, I think at this point, like, you know, we touched on, you have nothing to lose. I'm by saying the, him. the ceiling, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, the ceiling is probably where he is right now. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah like, he, could, he couldn't have found a better spot to land than the Tigers, where no expectations. You'll play every play day. Play every day. And you get a chance to kind of strut it. And if the worst case scenario happens where he does get traded or, or DFA'd, there's going to be a savvy team out there that takes a chance on him and says, "Fuck it, we'll take it. We'll, you know, we'll take a flyer. We'll we'll see yeah. what happens." 
We'll do the Badoo. Yeah, we'll do the Badoo. Well, you know, it's not all Badoo. It could be good Goodoo. It's not a. It's not doo-doo. It's Badoo. Yeah, it could. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, good good for a kill Badoo. I love stories like this. I know it's early, but this is one of the storylines that I feel has been gripping MLB. So good for him. All right, last big uh, on the field news story: Shohei Otani absolutely tearing it up in uh, Sunday night's performance against the White Sox. Uh, a home run and, I mean, an absolute laser line out. Some, some solid pitching on the mound. Hitting 101 on the gun, 115 off the bat. I mean, what can't this guy do? Stay healthy. I put it on the tee, and you hit it off the tee. Yeah, um, I hit that one off the tee 150 miles an hour, just like our, our friend Shohei. <laughs> No, I, we've talked before. I like if there's one fucking player that infuriates me that shouldn't but does, it's Shohei Otani, and I'm sure he's a very nice human being. I'm just so like sick of fucking, and I, I think Twitter does it for me. I'm so sick of hearing, you know, I see the tweet, Shohei Otani just threw 101 miles an hour. Fucking great! I see that shit happen with Garrett Cole last night. On a strikeout pitch that no one's talking about. I see Chapman do it every other fucking night in a safe situation. I don't oh, give a no fuck. no one's talking about the Yankees. <laughs> no, because then they followed up. He just hit that ball 102 miles an hour. It's like, great, the guy can do both. But what the fuck has he done aside from getting injured? And what the fuck have the Angels done? Nothing. So stop hyping this man up as Babe Ruth. He's not. He's a guy that can do both things marginally well because... I saw the other line on his pitching stat line. He walks a lot of people. So he's yes, going to he throw does. 100 pitches by the you know four and two-thirds innings, and he's going to DH, and he's going to fucking pull a hamstring rounding second, and that's essentially where we are with Shoyatani. The individual, like, one snapshot, gifts of him striking someone out are great, but I'm not ready to blow my load to pitching ninja reposting Shoyatani with a sword on a slider. I want to see this guy fucking perform for his team over the course of a full season doing what he was he said he was going to do. I personally, I don't think he's a pitcher or a hitter. I think he's just a good baseball player. Yeah, I think he is a good baseball player. Is is he worthy of all the praise he's getting right now? I would say probably not. Did he have a good first outing? I absolutely he did. Is it is it a shame? I, I'm I'm kind of bouncing back and forth here. Is it a shame that he left the game and uh, with a with an ankle alleged ankle injury that the team said was just he would have been removed anyway? Blah blah blah. I mean, I, I we gotta see him stay healthy. To your point. Yeah, and I, I don't even think this is Otani's fault. Um, I think this is just Major League Baseball and the media seeing something that they haven't seen in a very long time and trying to make this a main storyline every time this guy touches the field. Because I think if you asked Otani about all the fanfare, he'd probably say he doesn't really think about it. And I, you know, I, in one respect, I kind of feel bad for him. But at the other time, it's like, dude, I'm sorry, but the game isn't what it was a hundred years ago. Like most pitchers and most position players don't do both why don't you pick one that's going to sustain your career the longest and do it because we're not in college and we're not in high school like why don't you just gravitate towards that one that's going to make you the best player for your team because Ooh, i think see, he feels, i have i have no problem with him too ain't it i 
I do because I don't think you can be as effective because pitchers, especially at the at the major league level, like this isn't like high school where you just have to go out and throw because you don't have scouting reports available to you. Like you, these are major league fucking hitters, and they're gonna burn you. So, like that's a lot to like. You have to work with your catcher. You have to do the scouting reports. You have to rehab and get ready for everything every five days. And on the flip side, you have to do your own scouting on major league pitching, trying to get you out. And I, for that reason, I get a little annoyed that this guy's like. In one respect, I see it as like a selfish conundrum that he's in. But on the other side, I see it as him just loving the game of baseball. And I can't find a way that I want to land. And I hate not taking a side. It's just, from my standpoint, I'd rather have a guy that can give you his all out at one facet of the game that's going to make the team better, if I'm his teammate or his manager, than have a guy trying to juggle both things simultaneously. And yeah, give you a couple snapshots of what could be but in the end, be above average or mediocre at worst. I just I don't think that benefits your, the team. But to, but to your point about the Angels not having amounted to shit in the in the last few years, if he's one of their best five options at starting pitcher and one of their best nine options in the lineup, wouldn't it be a disservice to one or the other if he committed to one or the other? Well, no, because then it gives you the freedom as a GM and, and the manager to understand where you need to add, right? Like, if we have this overarching, like, this storyline of Shoei Otani doing both, but in the back of your mind, you know, like, this guy's not going to stay healthy for, for doing both of these for the whole season. But because the fanfare around him is that he can. So, like, when the Angels construct their starting rotation or their bullpen or whatever it is, like, we have to keep in mind that Shoei Otani is a part of both facets now. Like, I think that's a disadvantage. I think it's a cool, you know, factoid that he can do both. I, I think it's cool, but do I think it's a practical way to build around a team? Hell no. And, and oh I no, I don't think it's a, it's a. I don't think it's practical to do it. But again, I think if he's if he is in that best five and is in that best nine. I, I see it as, you know, sometimes you have to be apractical. Yeah, but again, we don't really know if he's in that in the best five uh, or the best nine because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And what we have seen of him... Well, when he has been healthy, they, they've seen him as that. They have. I, I mean, personally, I don't think I would say Shoei Otani would outdoel Jacob DeGrom and get a head, or get a head off of him in the same game. Like, hang I on, think, hang on, hang on, hang on. We just talked about DeGrom being the best pitcher in baseball. So, no. Is he going to outduel DeGrom? No, he's not. But is he, is he going to outduel Zach Plesak? Yeah, I'll take my money on Otani. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I would put Otani against a lot of average to below average twos and, and definitely, like, the fours, fives. Yeah, for sure. I just feel like this guy... Hey, he walks if way he's too healthy. many people. Yeah, exactly. He walks way too many people, but if, if he's healthy, I, I'll take him. But isn't I'll that part him. of a disservice to what he can actually provide? Like, yeah, the strikeouts are cool. The velocity is nice. But if he's not fully committed to his craft as a pitcher, it's like, yeah, we'll see 101 on the gun, and that's going to be awesome for people watching back home. But if he doesn't pr- know professionally or systematically how to navigate a lineup one through nine, two to three times a game – because he has to divide his attention towards hitting, is that really a value add? 
Like, I would argue it's not because that's a bullpen day for a lot of teams that have him in that position. And the Angels are no exception because, again, it's a bullpen day. He probably has a very strict pitch count because his injuries in the past and because he walks too many people. And because, in my mind, I don't think, not to say that he's not committed, but I think he's his attention needs to be 100% on one or the other. I just don't like the fact that he is still doing this after what he's gone through at the major league level. Like, sure, it might have worked where he came from, but the major, major league baseball is a completely different animal from the KBO or the Nippon Baseball League or the CPBO. Like, we're talking about the best baseball players in the world, and you're facing them day in, day out. You better have a plan. And that's, that's my argument for him. I don't know. I, I, I get that. I do. I just, I think it's possible that he can do both. Well, again, we've been saying that for ever since he came to the MLB. I, like, like my, my, my concerns with him is not can he make a plan? Can he? Like, I think the talent's there. I think the, um, I think the preparation is there. For me, is the body gonna hold up? That's that's what has yet to be seen. We've seen the arm play. We've seen the bat play. But can the the rest of the body be durable enough? to sustain 162 and sustain multiple years of this level of stress on the body. If if he continues to to have or get injured, you know, at in in hitting situations or get hit injured in in fielding situations, then then he needs to 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 pick one or the other as you've said. But I don't know. I I I like in terms of talent and in terms of what is possible, I think I, I have no problem with Shohei Otani. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're at that point now, though. I think, like, this is probably the year where you're going to have to figure it out because he is signed for a large amount. Like, this isn't, like, a minor leaguer coming up through the ranks to try to figure it out. Like, this is someone that you've invested a lot in. You've, he's shown that he can't stay healthy. Is there... It's piss or get off the pot season. Yeah, like, I, I think we're at the point now. It's, okay, what... What will give us the most value out of Shohei Otani if I'm an Angels fan or an Angels front office person to say, we're going in this direction, we have to justify the spend that we put on this fucking guy. Is this the right way forward? Because at the end of the day, I personally just don't think he can be a two-way player to play at the level for which he's signed. And and that's just my two cents. Fair enough. Agree to disagree. And uh, so that'll bring us off the field. The All-Star game has been moved from Atlanta to Coors Field. We'll get into the Atlanta side of it in a second. How do we feel about the decision for it to be moved to Coors? Where or why it was moved aside? Just Coors Field out of anywhere. How do we feel about that? I don't like it. I think if you're going to move it out of Atlanta to begin with, you had a a few better options, um, especially considering, you know, a lot of it had to do with Hank Aaron. Like they were going to have a big memorial for Hank Aaron in Atlanta. He was obviously a huge presence there. Uh, you could have moved it to a Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Braves, obviously. And if you want to take it a step further, you probably could have moved to the Kansas city for the Negro leagues. Like, I think there are two, in my mind, two great options, not Colorado. I think rewarding Colorado, which has by far the worst, ownership in MLB rewarding them with an all-star game 
is just a terrible look, regardless of why or how they did it. I, I just think going to Denver is just stupid. Um, the Rockies are a bad franchise. They don't deserve an all-star game. They haven't done anything. So that's where I lay on that that part of the issue. I, I mean, I don't know enough about the Rockies' ownership to uh, have, have a definitive statement one way or the other on it, but it felt weird because of the stuff you mentioned about Jackie Robinson, or not Jackie Robinson, um, Hank Aaron. Um, and, and yeah, Kansas City seemed like a logical spot. Milwaukee, because um, of the, that franchise's roots. Um, I'm trying to think. Honestly, even Pittsburgh with Roberto Clemente. Yeah, there's there's a lot of places you I would have gone before going to Denver. I just and to give you a, a quick snapshot of Denver's, I guess, poor ownership history. Look no further than just what happened with Nolan Arenado. The the Rockies paid fifty million dollars to get rid of Arenado. Like that, yeah. That should be front and, front and center for when it comes to why they're terrible. But no, it's just it just makes no sense. Like you have all it, again, if the narrative of racial inequality is what they're pushing, and they want to do all these things, MLB again, you had the opportunity to do that. And with to your point, Pittsburgh. I didn't even think about Pittsburgh with Clemente, but like with Kansas City with the Negro Leagues, with Milwaukee, with there's many other places you probably could have gone before landing at Coors Field. I would say L.A., but they had well. L.A. Did we have an All Star game last year? No. Why not L.A. Again, <laughs> Jackie Robinson himself. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm irritated now. All right. Um. So if you if you didn't know, the reason they moved the the All Star game is because of the new Georgia voting rights law, which, you know, it, how you view it come depends on what side of the aisle you fall on. It either, and in some cases both, restricted voting rights or expanded voting rights, depending again depending on how you see that situation which you know we're not going to get too far into it we we got a little political last week we're not going to we're going to try and stay as as little political with this thing as we can the 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 angle i want to take on it the topic i want to take on it isn't the voting rights and whatever i want to say is it within the mlb's power as the the all-seeing eye organization the 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 father of of the all-star game so to speak Mm -hmm. is it in dad's power to take our toy and move it somewhere else so i think from that standpoint yeah it's in it's in mlb's power to do it is it within their right considering who the product is for i would argue against that um again i don't give two shits about why they did it I guess I do in a sense because I think when you put the undertone of anything to do with politics, if you're a corporation or a sports organization, you have a right to, you know, this should be an escape for everyone. Like Mm -hmm. you should not put your foot down one way or the other because one way or another, you are pissing someone off. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you, if you would have kept it in LA, 
a lot of people, or not LA, Georgia, if you would have kept it in Georgia, a lot of people would have called the MLB cowards and, and not for being afraid to do what's right, quote unquote. Um, and, and I don't know one way or the other if, if the MLB did what was right. No, I just because, think it, it sets a it sets a terrible precedent for every other league. And that's the problem I have with it because the second you give in to public outcry and the second you give in to this shit, it's it's a downward spiral because you can't put the genie back in the bottle now. Because now everything that becomes a Fox News or a CNN headline is like do we have to relay that one back to sports? Do we have to relay that back to entertainment regardless of what the issue is? If it's something that is as inconsequential as hosting an all-star game, like does that set the right precedent? Like the Super Bowl was in Atlanta a few years ago. 28 to 3 for all you fucking Atlanta fans. Like but you'd rather host it than not have it. Am I right? Yeah. Like that's that's a great opportunity for a city. That's a great opportunity for the Falcons. The Wait, same that thing Super with Bowl MLB. wasn't in Atlanta. Yeah, it was. That was not oh, no, you're right. Game. It wasn't. I was just thinking of Atlanta. But they've had two. Oh, no, the, the Rams and Patriots were in Atlanta, though. So, yes. yeah, two years ago. Um, no, but, like, the, the point still stands. It's it's a great opportunity to for revenue for the city. Uh, it's a great opportunity to, to give the product to different fans of different areas. I just think by doing this, like, regardless of what the issue is, whether it's political, whether people are upset about it, those people are going to be upset either way. You moving it or you doing something about it now just pisses off more people that probably wouldn't have been pissed off. And the question now, I think, will be raised of, like, what what's the line that makes it important enough to move? Like, like hypothetically, if the World Series, or not the World Series, the All-Star Game would have been in Minnesota last year, would mm-hmm. the George Floyd stuff have been significant enough to, for MLB to move. And yes, that's an extreme example, but would it have been? And going back further, like, like just all these different things, at what point is the the line necessary to move? And I think with this move, you invoke that line. Yeah, well, we don't know what the line is. Or the, the questioning of the questioning of the line. So wherever the All Star Game, like if there's, if hypothetically there's a tragedy that happens in Denver tomorrow. I mean, not even hypothetically. There was a tragedy that happened in Denver just two weeks ago. Yeah, it, 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 I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what the line is, and but, I. But don't that's know. the that's the problem because shit happens every day. You can't control what's going to happen. You can only control how you're going to respond to it. And by that, I mean you can only control where the games, not even where they should be played. Just like, just play the fucking games. Like, we go to sports, we go to entertainment, we do this shit to escape from every day, from Mm -hmm. all the bullshit. It's the same thing with like COVID. Like, we talked about it opening the show, like how nice it is to see fans back at the stands. Maybe not 100% capacity at every stadium, but it's nice to just see people there. Like, you go to a game just to get away from it all because it is such a volatile time that we're in right now. I think to just stoke those flames is adding insult to injury because people don't want that 24-7. And if you are someone that does want that 24-7, guess what? You're probably not someone that's watching sports in the first place. 
And if so, you are watching sports, you're probably not doing it with many friends on the couch. Exactly. Like, you are probably alone in a basement, and I feel bad for those people. But for those and of I us... Guess, no, for those of us that, you know, use sports as a, as a getaway, I think you're, you're stepping on our ability to take the game for what it is, a fucking game. Yeah, you're 100% right about that. And, I, and then you get a, a, an issue that was already politically charged to begin with, and then it gets expandedly politically charged when Texas, Texas's Republican governor decides he's not going to throw out the first pitch in essentially protest of MLB's decision to move the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. saying MLB basically became victim to a false narrative was essentially his statement. And he used the word false narrative about the the bill. And to me, that comes across like, well, I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head. That's Abbott. Um, a- a- Governor Abbott basically said, MLB, you read an article, you got debated, and you, you, you got triggered. Yeah, that's how it comes across to me. He, like, but this is obviously a a big decision. Uh, uh, one economist estimated that this is going to cost the city of Atlanta a hundred million dollars. Yeah. the The idea that it's a false narrative, I think, is foolish. Or, or maybe phrasing the phrasing is foolish. I think the whole situation with this is. See, I, I feel like if if Abbott really wanted to fight a false, in his words, a false narrative, or if he really wanted to distance politics away from MLB, throw the fucking first pitch. Yeah, I think I think like, the way to handle that, the way to handle that to, is to say, hey, you know, I disagree with this decision, but it, 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 it instead of it be instead of encompassing politics here, let's just enjoy baseball here. I disagree with this decision, but I'm still here to throw out a first pitch. Here's a fucking two-seamer outside corner. He, uh, <laughs> let's get this game going. Go Rangers! <laughs> 100% right, though. It's it's funny. It's foolish because everyone stoops down to the level of their opposition in this, in this case. They stoop to the level of the person they're making fun of, and they end up becoming that person in the process. Exactly. And this is why this is such a big deal. And people just brush this one off as like, oh, you know, he's... Well, he's an asshole. Like he, he just didn't want to throw. Like no, it's he did it to get back at you know. I'll show you. Like, you yeah. I'll let me show you. Let me let me let me do it too. It's like no. Like be the fucking bigger man. You can talk to your constituents about it. Everyone knows which way you lean on this issue. We get it. Why don't you come out with a statement and say, in light of what happened, let me just throw out this first pitch to bring people together because I love baseball and I, this is a great honor to do instead of stooping down to the level of those who you oppose and say Let, let's get fucking muddy in the sandbox now because it doesn't hurt or i should say it doesn't help anyway but it, it hurts everyone involved like you are my now- man my man straight up said oh you didn't honor your commitment let me show you how much you i disagree with that by not honoring my commitment yeah like you can't have it both ways and you want to call cancel culture i get it you want to call whatever that's fine but you can't do the same thing in an inverted practice. And that's essentially what just happened. And that's exactly. the biggest issue that we're going to have moving forward. Because to this point, I haven't seen anyone on either side just fucking call it what it is, which is bullshit, and just 
put their foot down and say, yeah, you know what we need like to unify, like not keep with these bullshit narratives, false or true. It doesn't matter. Why don't you just fucking call what it is and say like baseball is a sport for people to escape with. It is not supposed to be part of CNN or Fox News. Can't we all just get along and watch baseball? I fucking hope so. I really hope so. It's frustrating, man. It is. It's, I, it, it is frustrating because, you know, it's this isn't this isn't going to stop anytime soon. The way no. things are happening, so. And if if again if we have a dangerous precedent set here, it might only get worse. Oh yeah, because people are just going to keep doubling and tripling down whenever they see fit. So who knows? Hopefully. Hopefully we'll be on these mics sometime very soon talking about how things are good. You can only hope. Hey, you, you know really what? Can. It's it's early April. We have a big long season ahead of us, so let's just hope this was a blip on the radar, but I am uh not overly optimistic that's the case. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But the important thing is we have baseball back, and I hope your t- favorite team's playing well because mine is not. They Until lost next time. Extras, but yeah, they're, they're, they'll be okay. I was talking to the listeners' favorite teams. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's make everything about the Yankees. Why don't we just put the Why don't we just put the All Star game in New York? Seven pinstripes, baby. <laughs> Until next time, he's seven. I'm Tommy. We are out. Thank you so much for listening. See ya. Yeah. Welcome to Atlanta, home of them dirty birds. Anybody hating get kicked to the curb. Any other team is absurd. Wearing black, white, silver. Red is for the blood. No one's scared of getting dirty because we came from the mud and we hungrier than ever. He rides, she rides, we ride together. Birds of a flock, more like birds of a feather. No one here to party until we get the Lombardi when we giving up. Never. Scratch it off your wish list. Mark it on your calendar. Eight town players never playing with no amateurs. 80,000 strong and the fans all screaming. We get knocked down and we coming up. Swinging and we putting in work All done in brotherhood Yeah, we like family and ATL's motherhood Brand new home, let the games begin This season, we back at it again Yeah, 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 yeah,
coming for that dub like every day. Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming, uh-huh. and parties don't stop yeah. till eight in the morning. I said, welcome to Atlanta where the Falcons play, and we going for that dub like every day. Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming, and parties don't stop till eight in the 